And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP Allison DeBrill. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget the area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interests ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 757 627 7979, whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSP, 457s, uh, retirement uh, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight, 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. Before we get down to business, whew, did you hear that weather report? I hope yeah. you get out of here on time. Yeah, sounds great. Nice and cold, <laughs> windy and stormy. Tornadoes. No, it was 60. I'm like clinging um, to that. I'm putting that in the rear view mirror because I'm heading <laughs> to Puerto Rico tomorrow. This is your last act of business. High of 85, low of 72 as far as the eye can see <laughs> on my weather app. Rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> All right, tonight we wanted to start to address some of the Secure 2.0 Act changes that came our way at the very end of last year. Some take effect immediately this year, some take effect down the road. I think there were over 100 provisions in this act and a lot of them are still very much up to interpretation but we do want to talk about a couple of them that affect current retirees uh, retirement accounts and some tax breaks so that you can see which ones might impact you personally yeah one of the uh, largest pieces of legislation that has impacted personal financial planning and retirement planning in a long time a secure uh, 2.0 Act 
Um, it is voluminous in its provisions. Uh, we are not going to attempt to tackle them all tonight, but we've uh, culled through most of them and brought with us today the ones that we think are most relevant to most of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So supporters of this legislation say that they're designed to encourage more people to save more for retirement. Of course, there are others that have expressed concern that some of it's not going to really impact a lot of people. It's geared towards higher income earners. We're not going to debate the law. The law is upon us. And so we're just going to give you some insight into the mechanics and um, what you need to do or what you need to change going forward. And no no matter whatever law change there is, there's always somebody saying it benefits high income people disproportionately, which is very rarely ever true. It's just they come out of the woodwork whenever there's a change. Mm -hmm. So the big change that we are getting questions about is the change to the required minimum distribution. So if you don't know, required minimum distributions state that once you reach a certain age, you have to start withdrawing money from your tax-sheltered retirement accounts so that, I guess, essentially, the IRS or the government can start getting their tax revenue on funds that you have been deferring from tax. So up until this point, the age, well, a while back, it was 70 and a half. Then with SECURE Act 1.0, it changed to age 70. Two, now with SECURE Act 2.0, you don't have to start taking required minimum distributions until age 73, unless you've already been taking them. If you've already been taking required minimum distributions, you just have to keep doing it. But if you are under age 73, you don't have to start. So that's one benefit. What about people who turned 72 this year? Yes, good question. So we had uh, a bunch of clients that were all geared up and ready to have to start this, and they had their plans in place. So no, if you turn 72 this year, you do not have to take your distribution. You can wait until the year you turn 73 or next year. And then this age is actually going to move out again in the future, just to make it confusing that uh, once we reach... I think 2025, 2024, the RMD will move out even further. So we'll just focus on this year. And this year, you don't have to start taking required minimum distributions until age 73. So what do you do when you have to take it? Or let's start with how much is it? Yeah, so, well, so usually um, the uh, starting point of your required minimum distributions from your Uh, traditional IRA accounts and 401ks and 403bs and TSPs and all those uh, uh, retirement savings plans that you received a tax break on the way in, now you have to pull the money out a certain amount to to claim it as income on your taxes and then pay the appropriate uh, amount of tax on it. So uh, it usually starts out about 3.6% of your year-ending, previous year-ending account balance. Uh, so usually a relatively nominal amount, but that percentage creeps up a little bit every year. Uh, the older you get, it's based on life expectancy. So the older you get, the greater that percentage becomes. And it is still officially up to the taxpayer in order to determine 
how much comes out and that it does come out. But nowadays with technology, a lot of custodians, the companies that house your IRA, be it a bank or a brokerage company or a mutual fund company, uh, have pretty well locked that in so that they are sending you notices well in advance that uh, telling you the dollar amount that you have to take out and reminding you that it must be taken out before the end of the calendar year. And so once you determine if you have to take something out, then your options are pretty much threefold. You can take it into your bank and spend it. You can use it to live on, which a lot of people need to do. If you don't need it to live on, then you could reinvest it. So it can't stay in the tax-protected wrapper of the IRA or 401k, but you could reinvest it into a brokerage account that can be invested for growth and used for future spending. Or the third option with your required minimum distribution is you can donate it if you don't need it or if you are charitably inclined and you usually make donations anyway, then donating directly from your IRA or 401k is a way to make your donations more tax efficiently because then it will be completely excluded from taxable income. So your, your three options once you have to start taking required minimum distributions are spend it, reinvest it, or donate it. But don't miss it. Right, because if you don't take it, then you've got a penalty on your hands, a tax penalty. Now, that's one of the things that's changing as well with Secure 2.0 Act. Um, currently, it's onerous. If you fail to take your required minimum distribution, the penalty is 50% of what should have come out of your tax-protected IRAs and 401ks and so forth. So if you were supposed to take out 10000 fail to do it, your tax penalty is $5,000. That's painful. Yeah. Uh, that is now being reduced, though, um, from 50% to 25% of the amount you should have taken out. Still um, aggressive, but not as bad as 50%. And eventually, over time, over the next several years, it's going to be re reduced down to 10% which is uh, you know, relatively nominal at that point. Yeah, there's a 10% a penalty if you miss it but rectify the situation within two years. Uh, it says, it says oh, what is the word it said? Quickly? In a, in a quick time frame or something like that? <laughs> and that's two years. Timely, yeah. yeah. Timely manner. And that they define as two years, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> It's generous, that's timely. That's the speed of the IRS, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. But, you know, hopefully you have an advisor that's managing this for you or a custodian that is alerting you to this. This hopefully is not going to be a surprise and you won't have any trouble with penalties. All right, we're talking about Secure 2.0 Act tonight and some of the provisions that uh, may apply to our listeners. If you want to jump in on this conversation or anything else having to do with your own personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call in studio, 757-627-7979. She's Allison, I'm Kevin. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. Financial advisors, planning for life. Planning for life. And 
and welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner, Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. All right, tonight we're talking about Secure 2.0 Act and some of the provisions that may be relevant to you. Um, There have been some modifications and enhancements to help make saving for retirement a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. The first one... First one we talked about was required minimum distributions or the delay of them. So now you don't have to start required minimum distributions until age 73. So that can help people keep more of their money invested in in savings vehicles. One of the other new provisions beginning next year is that you're now going to be allowed to take an early, quote, emergency distribution from your retirement account to cover unforeseeable Uh, or in immediate financial needs. That can be a distribution of up to $1,000. That can only be taken once during the calendar year. And you're not subject to the usual 10% penalty that normally applies if you take money out of a retirement account before age 59 and a half. But if you don't repay it, then you're not allowed to do another one of these emergency distributions for three years. Yeah, this falls squarely under the heading, just because you can doesn't mean you should. (laughs) So yes, you can withdraw $1,000 in a year for an emergency situation from your retirement fund. But your retirement fund is probably one of the last places you want to withdraw from for an emergency situation. Um, that the the short-term withdrawal of a relatively small amount of money, that's what your emergency fund is for. And that's one of the basic foundational pillars of a good financial plan is to start by having emergency fund uh, roughly defined as somewhere between three to six months of your um, household expenses. So that's what your emergency fund is for. If for some reason that was all exhausted and you didn't have a credit card with a $1,000 limit for you know, a short-term need, then I suppose as a last resort, a retirement plan could help bail you out. But we also know from real-world practical life experience that once people start dipping into those retirement funds, they rarely get them back in and time and it can create some snowball effects with uh, fines and fees and taxes and really retirement funds are retirement not for emergencies yeah it just really puts you behind the eight ball if you start withdrawing from those accounts i mean you're limited in how much you can put in each year anyway and for most people it's a stretch to to get as much in there as possible so withdrawing it is just really setting you back so there are other reasons that have existed before this new law that would allow you to make a withdrawal from a retirement plan without penalty. And that can be in case of a disability. I mean, that might be a valid reason. Things like a first-time home purchase is allowed. 
um, if you have some certain medical bills. So there, there are some exceptions, but again, it still should be your last resort if you do your planning right with the emergency fund and then, of course, short-term debt to kind of bridge the gap there. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've already established emergency expenses from your 401k. Not a good idea. Automatic enrollment? Good yes, idea. Yes, good idea. <laughs> so this provision, the, the new law provision, expands automatic enrollment. What automatic enrollment means is that if you go to work for an employer, they can automatically enroll you in the 401k plan at a certain amount. And then they can actually automatically increase your contributions uh, very slightly each year so that you start saving and then you increase your savings gradually over the years. Now you can opt out of any of this. This is not mandatory, but it's it's shown to have some success in getting people saving, just like kind of ripping the Band-Aid off. Just do it right away. Yeah, it'll be mandatory for the employer to set up according to the plan documents, but it will not be uh, mandatory for the employee to have to accept it. So like Allison said, the employee can opt out of the automatic enrollment and the automatic increases, but to that we would say... Why would you? I mean, if anything, probably the biggest impediment to people saving anything for retirement or enough for retirement is just the inertia of getting started yep. and 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 getting into the habit of saving. So this will force the habit upon a majority of the American workforce and we know also from professional experiences, once you get the ball rolling, once you start the habit, once you get used to dealing without that 3% of your paycheck going into a retirement fund, and once you see some critical mass start to build up in that fund that you get excited about, then good financial habits start to take over, and pretty soon you're a lot further along in saving for retirement than you ever expected to be, and you otherwise would be if left to your own devices. Yes. So we say rip the Band-Aid off. Don't wait until you have the extra money. You'll never have the extra money. Get enrolled right away and accept those automatic increases this year, each year. And if you don't have automatic increases, maybe you put one in yourself each year. You're going to go up 1% Mm -hmm. and then watch your account balance grow. Mm -hmm. So any, any savings is good savings. It's never too late to start. We say, yes, try to max out your 401ks or your TSPs or your 403bs or any retirement plan whenever you have the opportunity. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of the increases in the amount that you can contribute to those company-sponsored retirement plans and also some of the catch-up provisions. So for people who are age 50 and older, you can contribute um, higher amounts than the um, regular federal amounts that uh, the rest of us are subject to. So we'll talk about those after the break. We're going to have to pause here for the news. We want to let everybody know that uh, we are from Wealthway Financial Advisors. For more information about us, you can check us out online at wealthwayadvisors.com. You can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. All right, I'm going to pause right here for the news. 
be right back after these short messages. You want to give us a call? Jump on the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you have more nuanced questions and want to talk to a live human being, we got those too. Give us a call at the office, 757-456-2200. I want to remind everybody our next show will be in three weeks due to the quirk of the calendar on Tuesday, February 14th at 6 p.m. as usual. So nothing better to do on Valentine's Day, then snuggle up with your significant oh. other and turn on the gather around the radio and listen to Dollars and Common Sense on Valentine's oh. Day. How romantic. Yes, of course. That's what everyone will be doing. That's what they will be doing <laughs> on February 14th, our next realize. live show. <laughs> uh, but if you can't catch us live on that date for some reason, we're, we won't go into specifics, but you can get this show as a podcast. And so wherever you get your podcast, search for Dollars in Common Sense, download us, take us with you wherever you go and listen at your leisure and then go out for a nice dinner on Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, and for those of you into social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. And usually about once a week, we put up an interesting and informative financial planning post to keep you interested and engaged. Uh, you can search for Wealthway Financial Advisors uh, at those sources. Hit the like button, and we'll show up in your newsfeed by magic somehow. All right, 627-7979. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation or you want to jump in the conversation here on Secure 2.0, we'd love to hear from you. Right now we're going to go out to Virginia Beach and speak with Beverly. Good evening, Beverly. You're on Dollars of Common Sense. Well, thank you, Kevin. Um, and uh, and Allison, um, I just turned seventy two last month on Christmas Eve, and uh, uh, I didn't know I could wait not till seventy three. So I guess no regrets because I I've already requested to receive my first um, required minimal minimum distribution, and they're going to be mailing it to me. That's for twenty twenty two, and then I guess later this year they'll send me another one for this year. So um, did I make a mistake is my question. <laughs> well, you because you just turned 72 in 2022, is that what you said, Beverly? Mm -hmm. yes, then you still were subject to the required minimum distribution, distribution rules that applied in 2022. I don't think you made a mistake. Oh, good. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I was a little worried about that when I heard you said you could wait till you're 73 now to take it. Yes, starting in 2023. So anyone that had oh. to take their distributions okay. last year mm-hmm. in 2022, they still mm-hmm. had to take it, and they will have to take it every year going forward. So I think you good, did exactly good. right. And keep Oh, in, good. Okay. Keep well, in, um, yeah, keep, I was thinking the, the person who answered from Mission Square might have given me the wrong information, but I guess they know what they're doing. <laughs> so, um, And my kind of piggyback question on this was, is it too late for me at my age to convert that to a Roth? Well, good question. So... What were you hoping to accomplish with converting to a Roth? Well, because I don't see taxes going down in the near future. I don't have to be psychic to know that. So (laughs) I just thought that, I don't know, depending on how much they clobber me for, um, you know, taxes, uh, it might be smart to do it. You know, you pay now or you pay later. Mm -hmm. And I just thought my reasoning was to do that now and then just have that another bucket of tax-free, um, you know, later on. Mm-hmm. I, I do already have one Roth with Charles Schwab, but um, I, I like Roths because, you know, i I rather just get things done now and not worry about it later. Okay. Well, you're not too old. How it would work if you wanted to do a conversion is first you would have to take your required minimum distribution. That cannot be converted. But once you satisfy your required minimum distribution, then you can do a conversion. So the money after the required minimum distribution that comes out of the IRA would could go right into a Roth IRA. You'd pay tax on it. But once in the Roth, like you said, it would grow tax-free. Um, it, it does require a little bit of analysis. We do a lot of in-depth analysis on Roth conversions to see whether they make sense. And it does take some time to recoup the money that you're essentially prepaying on taxes. We right. usually right. don't find people uh, break even or make up that prepayment of taxes until late in their 80s. So that's just something to consider as well, whether that would make sense to you or you would actually see the benefit of that down the line. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, time is not on my side right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be, you know, statistically, we're well, living longer and longer. You could have 20, 30 years, hopefully. Well, I don't know about 30. Come on now. <laughs> it's possible. We have a client that's 102. <laughs> Well, that's that's wonderful, but I, um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful that I did the other Roth with Charles Schwab, you know, some time ago, and that, you know, that's fine, and I'm not touching that. I'm actually, I just retired, actually, um, June of last year, too, and I have no debt. I, I paid off my mortgage the same month. That's great. Fantastic. So no, Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, so, thank you. So I, I'm debt-free, and right now I'm basically living on my... Uh, Social Security and my uh, rental income that I, I have a property. So I haven't touched any of my investments yet. So um, I guess I'll just stay the course then, probably. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, you. Thanks for the call, Beverly. We appreciate it. It's good insight and perspective. And so a couple clarif- uh, clarifying points there. When it, when it comes to also a Roth conversion, you know, it depends on the amount that you're going to convert to. While tax rates may be, you think, are as low as they're going to be, if the amount of conversion is large enough, that's 
everything that comes out in the conversion process is going to be taxed as ordinary income, which is at the highest rates that exist in the tax code. And there are brackets to those rates. So too much of a conversion runs you up the ladder, they call it. And then instead of getting taxed at the 20% bracket, you could be taxed at the 25 or the 28 and the 32 and so forth up to like the unbelievable 38%, I think it is. What is the 30, highest? 37%. Oh, okay, yeah. So anyway, uh, the amount that you convert has uh, has a bearing on it too because the more you convert uh, in any given one year, uh, the higher the rates are, are going to be. So that's something to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, a very, very informative show. Thank you for the information. Oh, you're welcome. All right, Beverly, thanks for, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, have a good evening. Thanks, you too. 627-7979, just like that. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, we'd love to hear from you. We've been talking about Secure Act 2.0 updates. There are over 100 provisions, but we're just highlighting a few that will impact a lot of people. So we've talked about required minimum distributions. We've talked about... Um, emergency loans from 401ks, which are not a good idea, automatic enrollment. Uh, One of the good changes is the increase to contribution catch-ups. So if you are contributing to your 401k or TSP or 403b or any employer-sponsored retirement plan and you're over the age of 50, you're allowed to make extra catch-up contributions. And they increased the amount of the catch-up. So you can, everyone can contribute $22,500. But if you're over 50, you can contribute an additional $7,500 to your retirement plan. So that's a pretty good amount. And then the new law also provides for that to increase even further once you reach age 60. That's supposed to go up to 10,000 in a couple years. So know that, If you're over 50, you can put extra amounts in your retirement plans. You can also put extra amount in your IRAs and Roth IRAs, and that we would encourage you to try to do that if you have the ability. Yeah, so beginning in uh, year 2025 is when the increase in the catch-up provision will go from $7,500 a year right now to $10,000 a year. in 2025 so and then i think it's going to be indexed for inflation uh beyond that so every year there'll probably be a little bit of increase right now total amount uh thirty thousand dollars between the regular contribution limit and the Mm catch-up so you know that's where people can start making real headway if you can get to that number especially the younger you are and the sooner you can get to the maximum contribution limits the better off you are going to be long term uh, for retirement savings. But if you waited, uh, started late and you're just ramping up, hopefully most people, their highest earning years are among their um, latest working years. Mm-hmm. So if you're in your 50s and you're in your 60s, probably at peak earning, that's the time to start shoveling in the maximum amount to those company sponsored retirement plans so you can make sure you have a nice, comfy, secure retirement. 
One little caveat. Well, I shouldn't say one. There's so many caveats yeah, right. with this. Um, a caveat is now there are going to be income limits for these catch-up provisions. Um, if you make more than $145,000 a year, then it's not that you can't make the catch-up provision, but it will have to be after-tax dollars. So you'll have to pay tax on the money, and then it can go into the retirement plan as Roth, which means it will be tax-free going forward. So it's not the worst thing in the world to build that Roth bucket, like Beverly was saying. You know, it's a a good idea to have some money that's tax-free going forward, but it probably is going to be Paying. It probably is going to be taxed at the high, a higher tax rate if you're earning over $145,000. Mm-hmm. So something to be aware of. Um, many people aren't even aware that if they are contributing Roth dollars, so if you're doing after-tax dollars to your 401k, your employer is going to be matching in pre-tax. So there's oftentimes a combination of pre-tax money and after-tax money in your 401k. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You just want to keep track of it. Yeah, and I should sort of interject here that uh, throughout all of this, I mean, a lot of the tax provisions relating to retirement savings already were kind of irregular and not lined up, not symmetrical. Um, Things have gotten even a lot more complicated with this uh, Secure 2.0 Act. So it's going to be much more difficult for the average person to stay up on top of all the nuances, all the unique sort of provisions of the code in order to take full advantage of it. So you got your work cut out for you if you're, you want to do it yourself. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, professionals like us will uh, get this stuff locked down, built into our computer systems, our modeling, and then we'll take a lot of the guesswork out for you so you do maximize all your opportunities. So just be aware of that going forward. All right, going to step out, take a short break. Going to be right back after these messages. Get those calls in now, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. We work with clients who want to achieve and maintain financial security, delegate their investment management, and are willing to take action to enhance their well-being. If that sounds like you, check us out online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us, or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes, Select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. Or you can give us a call at the office, 456-2200. Next show will be live in three weeks on Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February 11th, where you'll cozy up to your radio and have a glass of wine over a candlelight dinner and listen to Dollars and Common Sense. 
But if for some reason you're busy doing something else, it's, a dream. <laughs> it's so romantic. Uh, you can get the show as a podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts, search for Dollars and Common Sense. You'll download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen to us on days that are not the Valentine's Day. And, you know, we'll try to bring something a little more fun than Secure Act 2.0 for Valentine's Day. I'll think about that one. (laughs) We'll spice it up. Well, we've been talking about 401k plans and company-sponsored retirement accounts. And before we leave that topic, I did want to bring up one other new provision. There's going to be a new database, a new, let's call it a lost and found, where you can search for lost retirement savings. Now, I don't know how someone loses retirement savings, but it does (laughs) happen. It happens all the time. Yeah, I guess so. So um, there will now be a database that you can try to find your lost savings. But let's talk about that. So I guess you would have to leave a job and just kind of leave that money sitting there and not do anything with it and then forget about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, where'd my money go? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of them are small amounts, Mm -hmm. usually less than $5,000 in a retirement plan. People don't think it's really enough to make a dent. They just kind of leave it behind. A lot of times... $5,000 $5,000 is the, the de minimis threshold where a plan provider, your, your company, will say, look, if this if my employee hasn't claimed this money, they haven't rolled it over, they haven't withdrawn it, it's still sitting there after two years, then we don't want that on our books. That costs us money. We're going to push it out of the plan, and we're going to send it to – usually they send it to another 401k plan provider who then fees it to death. And like, you know, you're getting like $25 fee every month and it just gets churned up to nothing. But if it didn't go to one of those and it is truly abandoned, then there is going to be a new database to help you find your money. But really, when you leave an employer, we always recommend continuing to consolidate. So we think less buckets is better. It's more efficient. It's more effective. And you can manage it and keep track of it. So we do recommend when you leave employment that you do something with the 401k. You can move it into maybe your new employer's 401k if they let you do that. You can roll it into an IRA that you manage. And so each time you leave a job, you just keep moving it into an IRA and your IRA builds up over the years. Or the third is under the just because you can do it doesn't mean you should category. Mm -hmm. You can cash it in. And, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I think, just do that if it's $1,000, $2,000, and... Pay the tax and the penalty. Yeah, yeah, so 10% penalty and income tax on that money, and you're not going to put that money back in, so you're just kind of getting more behind the eight ball. Even if it's a small amount, it's something. So we would recommend keeping it and trying to consolidate over the years. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think we covered most of the 401k provisions that are are relevant at this point. Really quickly, I did want to touch on a 529 update. So 529 accounts are college savings plans where you can put money in. In Virginia, if you use the Virginia plan, you get a state tax deduction for contributions. The funds grow tax deferred. And then if used for college expenses on the other end, the money comes out tax-free. But what if you have too much in your college account and you don't need it all? Or what if your student doesn't go to college and 
pursues other paths. Or they get a scholarship. Yeah. Uh, or work study means they didn't you didn't spend as much as you thought you would. Right. All all things that could happen. Now you have the option of moving the funds into a Roth IRA. So there's there are rules and restrictions around it. It's a little bit complicated. We probably won't go into that just now. But know that if you have extra money in a 529 that you don't need for college, you can move some of it up to $35,000 into a Roth IRA that will stay tax protected and will be tax free in retirement for the beneficiary. I mean, that's a pretty nice gift for a young person. Yeah, the key is it has to be in the name of the beneficiary. And the beneficiary is typically your child who was going to college or, or any institution of higher learning that qualifies for 529 doesn't have to be college. But it's typically the child who's the beneficiary, which means it needs to go in a Roth IRA uh, in the name of the child. Uh, but the big hitch here is that the 529 plan has to have been open for 15 years or more. So you pretty wanna, pretty much want to open the 529 plan right when the child's born. born. You just start the clock. You don't even have to put anything in right. it. Right, put, put in 100 it. bucks and mm-hmm. just get get the clock ticking. And then you have the option. And then you threaten them that they cannot use that money or touch that money until <laughs> retirement and that right. it doesn't even exist to them. Yes. No, <laughs> no, that that's a good point. I mean, know that the, the parent is typically the owner of the 529 plan, which means they have control. But the owner of the Roth IRA would be your child then who's hopefully at 23 24 at that point in time but it gets out of your the parents control and moves into the child's control at an impressionable desperate age for money well, so you, you can have to influence keep, you can <laughs> yes you, you have to keep close tabs on that <laughs> All right, I think that's all the time we have for Secure Act 2.0. There will be more coming out, I'm sure, about that. Okay, well, we will be back in three weeks on Valentine's Day at 6 o'clock, just in time for candlelight dinner, and we'll come back with some money and love stories or something like that. Money, money and romance, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to want more information about us, we are online at wealthwayadvisors.com. You can also get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. And, and we will see you in three weeks. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. The program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.